The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful. We've had marriage seminars over the years, but this will be a little bit different. Different in the sense that we will talk about things that we need to talk about. Praise God. There will be no limitation as to what we can talk about and what we cannot talk, talk about. There are, I've looked at certain, marriage is a big subject. Don't, don't, don't forget, it is the first order, institution, or if you want to call it a school, want to call it anybody, it is the first thing that God set up in the earth, marriage. So to talk about marriage in one night or something is a big task. So over the years, we've, we have looked at different, different things and we do it only once a year. So that's one of the challenges. But today, as we look into this, we're going to look at other as aspects. And um, I want you to just be open and praise God. Let's just take what comes up to us. But I believe that marriage, as we know it, has had many interpretations. People have their own understanding, their own ways of approaching marriage or considering marriage. The truth of the matter is that God, who instituted marriage between a man and a woman, placed in scripture what he calls marriage and how the marriage should be. So, any person can call anything they want marriage that is up to them. But if anyone wants to marry God's way, then it has to be according to what God has designed the marriage to be. Praise the Lord. The marriage cannot be the way man has designed it to be and expect it to work excellently. I know as we're talking about marriage, one of the things that people often say, whoa, we are grown-ups enough, you know, we know what to do, so 
world. No wonder it, it is the way it is. No wonder. So number one, we need to approach this subject called marriage with humility. If anybody is going to have a successful marriage, you need to come to God in humility. And let me also say this. Marriage is not something that only Christians, sorry, a marriage seminar like this is not something that only Christians must consider. Because marriage is something God instituted for all humanity. So it doesn't matter what religion, what group you belong to, what country you come from, whatever. It doesn't matter. You need to still understand or come to terms with what God calls marriage. And this night, I want to turn your attention to the beginning of this whole institution called marriage in the book of Genesis. And I want to read the verses, um, the verses 18 to 25. But then my focus will be on verse 24. So I want you to just follow me, come with me as we do this reading. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to the unto Adam to see what he will call them. And whatsoever and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was no for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Praise the Lord. As I said tonight, I'm going to focus purely on the Verse 24. I might say things that might come from not that might that, that might come from the other verses, but my main emphasis focus will be on the verse 24. Hallelujah. Amen. First and foremost, I would like to say that for marriage. To be marriage. For marriage to be marriage. Let's look at verse 24 again. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh. 
Before I start, let me say something here. When the Lord God said, and the Lord said it is not good for the man to be alone in verse 18, that word man does not refer to the male man. It refers to man as a human being. So let me clarify that. That he was not saying it is not good for the male man to be alone. And that for the female man, it's okay for her to be alone. No. That was not what he was saying at all. He was saying that man, male, that's the anthropos, right? Anthropos, in gen I mean man in general, man in general, man, man, mankind or humankind in general is not good for humankind to be alone. That was the statement. But then, when we come to the verse 24, where he said, there shall a man leave his father and mother, here is referring to the male man, ish. The male man. Praise God. I needed to clarify that before I do anything. So there are different ideas about marriage in our world today. But in Genesis 24, where God sets up this institution, he declares the fundamental thing, if a marriage is going to be a marriage, he declared the fundamental thing that must happen. The first thing that must happen. He says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and, and mother, and two shall cleave unto his wife, and three they shall become one flesh. Tonight, I just want to focus on these three words. Leave, cleave, one flesh. I want to focus on these three. So God wants married couples to leave. To a man and a wife to leave if they are to have a marriage. So there can be no, my first statement is that there can be no marriage without first a leaving. If there is no leaving, you have not the marriage that God instituted. There must first be a leaving. The leaving is the public or the legal act for the marriage. So there must first be the public display of the public witness, the what we call the legal aspect of the marriage. There must be. If it hasn't been, you don't have marriage according to God's or according to God's way. We are talking about marriage in God's kingdom. Now, this leaving takes different forms. Let's understand that. This leaving takes different forms. Okay. We, there are about seven continents in the earth. 
in the whole world, right? And all and the different countries in the seven continents, they approach this living in different forms. Typically, back in the olden days in Africa, when a when a marriage takes place, what When a marriage takes place, what the community did was this. They would, wherever the marriage took place, they would now form a dancing band or party which will get into singing and dancing and escort the woman to the man's place. If the, if, the, if the woman happened to live in a different village from the man's village, they would dance all their way to the man's village and present the woman to the man there. We have brought you. We, 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 we have escorted you. If you remember, if you're a good student of the Bible, you would, you would remember that in the book of Genesis, which we're reading now, when Isaac didn't need a wife, was sent to back to Abraham's hometown. The wife was fetched, that Rebecca, and she was brought to where Isaac was. So that is how most Africans used to do. But now, of course, they don't do the dancing these days, but they do it in some different forms. Sometimes you will find the woman, you know, after, after the marriage, the woman will pack all her things and then she will join the husband, whatever the, where the husband is. In most of the Western societies, the living is like this. They did, their living is a bit different. The minister who conducted the ceremony for the wedding will now say, I pronounce you husband and wife. That pronouncement is a form of the leaving. Because like we said, the leaving is the public or the legal side of the marriage. And it is critical, it must happen. Or else you've not got a marriage according to God's kingdom. Praise God. So, the the nature of the nature of the artwork form is not the most important thing. The most important thing is that there is a public and a legal action to say that the marriage has taken place. That is critical. Hallelujah. So let me put it this way. There can be no marriage without a wedding. And when I say wedding, I'm not talking about white gown and all that. I'm still talking about the same public and legal ceremony done to say that this so-and-so are married. Because the woman is someone's daughter. 
And the man is someone's son. And they must willingly give their son or their daughter out. And there must be a public recognition that so and so today have been married. So if anyone runs away with another and secretly does something and do their own exchange somewhere and say, well, this is a, we, are, we, are, we are married. When you know you run away to do it, that ain't marriage in God's kingdom. That's the point we are making here. Now, that wedding, I've explained wedding, right? So when I say wedding, don't be thinking of wedding as in, you know, having a white gown and all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not referring to that at all. I'm talking about any public or legal ceremony done to indicate that you are publicly recognized as married to so and so. It must be done. Now, in the wedding ceremony, in the in the wedding, we there's usually dancing, there is joy, there is food, there is whatever to celebrate the whatever has taken place. But all that is happening, not everyone is happy. And guess who's not happy? Father, mother. Not very happy. Father, mother, they're not very happy. And the reason they are not happy is because most of the time if the woman or the young woman who is married or the elderly woman who is married who is married was very instrumental in the home helps out so much in the home. So once you are happy, that's and everything that you've got a wife and that. This man or this woman is grieving because they're going to lose their so industrious and helpful daughter. Hmm. So it's not it's not easy. So this so this leaving as easy as it sounds as we just said it. Oh. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. It's easily, easily said, but it is not easily done. Because there are difficulties in that being possible. But God is good. Hallelujah. God is good. So what I've said so far is that the woman generally leaves. Right? Generally, they leave. I'm speaking generally. I am aware of cases where some men join. I'm not talking about this. Generally, women leave. But then in the leaving, there are sometimes challenges where the parent is not very happy. You remember in Rebecca's case, Rebecca didn't go very easily. When the man said, I've come, they all, we have agreed for Rebecca to go. But then they but then they went, can she stay two more days? Can she stay three more? And the man said, Do you know what? You've agreed for the woman to go. Can you just let us them just take her and go? Oh uh, can we now ask 
the woman. Excuse me? You've already had why all the So finally they had the woman and, and Rebecca said, I want to go. So Rebecca said, I want I, I want to go. There was nothing they could do and let her go. So generally, the woman leaves to join, right? But that is not what scripture is saying. God is saying, therefore, can we have this text on the board, please? Genesis 2 verse 24. Genesis 2 24. Therefore shall a man that do what? The mailman ish do what? Leave. Right? Leave. So the man, the mailman is required to leave father and mother. So the woman leaves. But it's the karma, the general thing. But what Moses, by the inspiration of God, penned down was that the man must leave. Because what was happening is that while the woman will leave her village to come to the man's village, the man to stay in his father's house. And the word of God is saying that no, man, you must leave. So basically, what God is saying is that there must be a leaving. The two people marrying must leave. You need to leave father and mother. Or leave the parents. And I know this is not if you're if you're if you're if you're if you're if you're a parent and you and you have maybe your daughter or your son just about to marry and this daughter or son is so instrumental as you have discussed, you're not going to be very happy. But the, truth, but the kingdom way of marrying is that the, the son and the daughter must leave for the marriage to be well constructed. To God be the glory. Why is that so? There must be independence. Oh, but, but you see, I understand all that we are saying. Don't let us, not, don't, don't let us forget that the man probably is supporting the family. And in most families, the parents probably have put their monies together, got all their monies, and sponsored this child of, of the other. But when a man or woman, whether the boy or the girl, Make the, the first boy or the first girl to sponsor this daughter or son of this to worry about that child is, and then now that child is now looking well after them. So basically, they are made investment in this child and this son or daughter of this. Now they are reaping, he's going to marry, and when he's married, he must leave. What about us? And that is what makes the leaving that God talks about here, very, very difficult to do. But the truth of the scriptures is, is that there must be a leaving before the kill, before the marriage is really a proper marriage, God's way. The reason why I use the word proper is not that you're not married, but you're going to have problems. Because it is not God's way. Let me give a very simple 
illustration of what I mean here. You marry, the woman comes to meet the, 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 the man in the man's home, and the man happened to be in the family house. Right? The woman has left, but the man hasn't left. He is still there. Now, as a married couple, your wife must cook for you. But the kitchen is one. Who owns the kitchen? Are you going to use two, two, two ovens in the kitchen? <laughs> there is going to be problems. And who is going to fight for who? Are you going to fight your mother? Secondly, in that home, that young man who is married, he is not a boss. He is not the leader in the house. His father is. So now who? Who is the authority in, in the house? Who? The, the new wife, who does he listen to? Your father or you? So right there, there's a problem in that system. That is why they had problems in those days and scripture said, Man, leave. Become independent. The whole idea is that the man and the woman must start a new independent family. That is why in scripture you hear and Abraham begat so, 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 and so, and then their children begat so, so, and so, and so, and so, and so, and so, so. Every child also began, and then they all started new families. The whole idea is for every son to start a new unit. It is not marry your wife and then come and live at the father's house. And then there will always be interference. Can you tell your wife not to use their? Can you tell your wife to wash the bathroom when she's finished? You are telling me to do this, but the other day, your father said I shouldn't do that. It's already a problem. Domestic issues. Then sometimes, the man stays in the home because he is still dependent on the family financial system. So, what I'm saying is that sometimes the man is involved, the man is engaged in the family business. Now, being involved in the family business does not mean you must stay in the same house. <laughs> being, in being in business with your family for financial, so for, for economic reasons, it's not the issue, that's not the issue here. Let's say your father has got a, an iron custom business and you're in with your father. That's fine. It's like being married and being employed by anybody else. So you go to the job, but when you finish, you go to your own home. It is a living under their roof that is 
they're depending upon them for the financial world or for, for, the, for the finances for your family, that is the issue. I've married a wife for you, now I'm taking care of your wife and of you and your, and, and your wife. So now I tell you and your wife how to live, how to behave. That shouldn't be. It must be the man must leave and be married to his wife. And father and mother must be prepared, prepare their hearts to say, yes, leave son, yes, leave daughter. Are we saying if you were supporting them because some parents, some parents depend entirely upon their son and entirely upon their daughter? So are we, are we saying deny them of their bread, deny them of their food? We are not saying that at all. Scripture is not, it's not, it's not saying that. The fundamental thing is that you must leave. There must be independence before support. The leaving must take place. By all means, support. And let this let your wife or your husband understand that you know what? I support mom, I support dad. Yes, but we need to leave. We leave, but we will help them. Hallelujah. So the leaving is not saying, well, leave them and then. And the leaving, as I've explained earlier on, also, that might also mean. Leaving in the lurch. Just take some, someone's daughter and run away. Or take someone's um, son and run away. No, not, not that. Or leave in anger. If you don't allow us to marry, then we will leave. No, no. That's what kind of leaving God is talking about. Because that leaving is not legal and it's not proper. Because you've not, you've not really been given away. You just. It's got a proper name. It's got a stolen marriage. Yeah. God a person. Praise God. Hallelujah. Besides, you see, father and mother represent the family. But the leaving is not only physical. There is also another side of the leaving, which is mental. The married people, the people who want to marry must leave, or those who are married must leave. But they must also leave mentally and physically. Sorry, men mentally. Some people have left physically, but emotionally and mentally, they are still attacked to father and mother. Why? The reason is very simple. They are used to mother and father. They've been living with mother and father for God knows, maybe 30 years, maybe 25 years, maybe 20 years. They've been living with mother and father. So they are used to it. So though they are in the physical marriage, they've done the legal public thing they've left, but emotionally and psychologically or mentally, they are still living in this day that you can just pick a phone and have a conversation, they're on the phone 24-7 talking to mom. Mm. And how is, how is my bedroom like? 
house, who is living in my bedroom now. No, no, you've left your bedroom. It is no longer, you are now a married woman. You don't have that bedroom anymore. Understand that. Kaput. Over. Understand that. Oh, how was he? You know, I had some things that I was using my gym. No, 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 no. You've left. You are married. You're a married man. Fuck. So, so, so how? How's my? So who took my? So who took over my room? Who took over your room is none of your business. You've left that home. You are now in a new home. You see, I'm quickly going to go to the next word in the text. Genesis 2, 24. But before I go there, I'm going to go to the next word, which is cleave. Genesis 2, 24. Until therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be what? Cleave on his wife. I must say this. Unless there is a leaving, there can never be a cleaving. Unless, <coughs> unless there's a clear cut leaving, you've left. Yes, you will support mother and father, but you've left. Mentally, physically, you've left. Yes, you support. Emotionally too, you've left. There are some people who emotionally, they have not left their friends. And usually the men are guilty of this. They've left father and mother alright, but they've not left their friends. Their friends are key in their lives. Bob call. Bob is calling. Today there. Today that. Today. Oh, I'm going to there with Bob. I'm going to there with John. I'm going there with James. I'm going there with Jordan. I'm going there with Giuliano. <laughs> no, leave means you. The purpose of the leaving is to cleave to your wife. So you can't say, well, I have left father and mother, I'm living on my own. So that's fine. No! The purpose for the leaving is to cleave with wife. So if there's anything else that you have not left and is still making you not cleave to your wife, you've not left. And that's why the marriage will be in trouble. But when we marry the kingdom way, you can be assured of the peace and the joy and the comfort that God intended for marriage to give. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So you've left. But your girlfriends, I'm talking about the women, your girlfriends are still so close to you. Yes, you might be close to them. But God says, cleave. Cleave.
cling to who? So as a wife, as a man cleaves to his wife, the wife must cling to herself. There must be cleaving. Let me put it this way. Somebody remind me if I praise God. All right, it's all right. I hope I If there is any word in Scripture that troubled me. This word cleave is one of them. The first time I read this word cleave, and the man must cleave to his wife. Oh, this word, it troubled me. I did not understand it, and I didn't like it. I thought it was not a good word. Shouldn't have been there. I don't know why those who translate the Bible put it there. Cleave. God our person. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Now this word cleave, this word, this word cleave means split. It means division. Most of the women will, most of the women will understand this word cleave, cleavage. Cleave means division, split, and I was wondering. Now, as I was coming with my English understanding of the word cleave. Why don't you leave and cleave? It doesn't make sense. It's a chop, so I didn't like it. I didn't like that verse. Anytime I read it, I just, what is this? What is this? No, no, it was the English meaning that was troubling me. Because cleave means split. Cleave means division. Cleave means separate, like two separate things. Like the woman will talk about it once. Cleave it, right? Now, but the word cleave, sorry, the word translate, the word the bark, translated cleave in the English has got nothing to do with it at all. It means glue together. It means stick. It means join together. It means to become so tight, inseparable. It's like when you put two papers, you put glue on one paper and the other one, and you put it together. That's what our word clean means. Clean. Become tight. Become so tight, become so tight, that when anyone tries to tell it, to, to separate it, it causes a tear. You know when you buy certain things and sometimes we get annoyed trying to get the label off, and they put the label on so tight, anywhere you turn the label, it doesn't tear, it makes a mess. That's the kind of thing. Glued so tight. So what is what God is saying here is that the man must leave father and mother and becomes too stuck to the wife such that it cannot be separated. And if it happens, it causes deep problems. It causes a deep rift. But the cleaving. It's impossible without leaving. Until you leave, or a person leaves for his or her marriage, he cannot, or she cannot, they cannot cleave. And the cleaving, like I said, the, the cleaving is for 
is between the husband and the wife. So, what are we saying? Most marriages suffer from cleaving. Why? Because both the man and the woman have not left. They might have left father and mother, but they really haven't left. Okay. When you married her, she was a professional, right? Maybe a teacher. Sold out so much of her work to her teaching. Leaves home at 6.30, comes back with loads of books by 6.30 p.m. And when she comes, she comes and still sit there and she's still marking away and taking things away. <laughs> and as she's doing it, she's calling some colleague. And so the whole day, have been away from home. And when she comes back to she's still on the book, on the book marking, are you done here? Oh, I've got 30 books in, in a bag, and I've got 20, 20 more to do. And another one said, oh my goodness, no hope. Let's go, yes, go away. Do you know what's going on? She is cleaved to her work. And there are some men too who are cleaved to their work. Some are cleaved to football. Some are clean to games. Some are clean to their friends. Some are clean to their workout. They cling to all kinds of things. So they're not able to cling to their wife. As long as but God, God is saying, leave and cling with the wife. The person to be clean to is the wife. Anything else that you are that you, that you, that you clean you are more closer to than your wife is the reason why your marriage is where it is. The closest the cleaving means stick and become so close. So the closest person for the man and the woman on who are married on earth is your wife and your husband. The closest. Not your pastor. Oh, but do you know what? One of the things I do not like, okay, is a woman who goes home to her husband. And my pastor said, my pastor said, my pastor said, do you know what you're doing? You are setting your pastor up. That man will never like the pastor of yours. Seriously. I prefer. I prefer when you don't mention in mean, any, anything. So I am saying the Bible says yes. Talk like that. The pastor said. The pastor said, "Who is the pastor?" Because at, the, at that moment, the person supposed to be, you know, you forming that home with that person. Most people the authority in that in that home. You are making that man your authority in that home. No. 
must be approaching in our home, and we all know him. Who? God, yes, he must be. Leave the pastor off, save the pastor's neck. So the next time he sees the pastor, the pastor hasn't said anything, but he hates him. Why? Because you made him the boss in your, in your, in your home. Rather make God the boss. God's word says, I read it in the Bible, he said this, and said the pastor's neck. Hello? Hi. Also, don't make your work. You keep your soul. Some people work in com with computers and they can be on the computer for God knows what. Some people, some people to their pastors, like I am, and you are married to your work. The wife can't have any access. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. That is wrong. The most closest person is who? The wife. And the most closest person should be. So, there must be a leaving. Yes, do your job well. But the job should not, or the profession, or your hobby, should not become the closest thing than your wife, than your husband. Amen. Cleave. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, so the leaving and the cleaving belongs together. Until there's a leaving, there can't be a cleaving. The cleaving cannot happen. It's only when you've left emotionally, you've left mentally, physically you've left, and it's you and me, then cleaving becomes a possibility. But as long as someone else is closer to your heart than your husband. You're not going to cleave with your husband. As long as someone else is closer to your heart than your wife, you're not going to be closer to your wife. The cleaving won't happen. So if you want to enjoy the marriage, that cleaving you have with that person, cut it down, reduce it. Make sure your cleaving with your husband or wife is stronger than the cleaving with that person. Or that thing, or whatever it is. Maybe it's your videos. You love your videos more than your wife, or your videos more than your husband. Cut the videos off. Praise God. They must form the strongest. And now I'm coming to the next one. This, this is getting interesting now. After you've married, you see, sometimes the cleaving is fine, it's fine. They just married, they just got married. First week, two weeks, three months, four months, nine months. And then the woman gets pregnant. Because that's what happens when you get married. Hello? Yeah, for some people that's what happens. Yeah? You get present for some people. I'll come to that in it. I'll come to that. And then the child is born. And when the child is born, <laughs> then 
The wife loves that baby so much, she begins to cleave to the baby. Oh, my baby, oh, my baby, oh, my baby. Morning baby, afternoon baby, evening baby, night baby, everything baby, 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 baby. And now baby is crying and you are worn out, tired. Oh, John, John, can you play the baby for me? Pick the baby. This baby has come to replace me. Me go and pick this baby. No, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping too. John is uncaring. No, John cares very much. But since baby came, you've left cleaving to him. And now you're cleaving to baby. So now, John is now jealous of your cleavage with you and baby. John doesn't want to mind you anymore. So there's a danger. And, for, and some people don't get over it. And then some men too, okay, that season will pass. That season passes. And then you have a little boy. Because some, some men are not able to, you know, deal with a baby kind. But once the boy gets to two, three, and they become very playful, now he's also got something to cling with. Now the boy can walk. Now the boy can wee himself, or, or the girl can do most things herself. Go to the toilet, come back, do all kinds of stuff. Oh my girl, he, he comes back from work and the, and the baby will jump and then he will beat the baby and then, mm, hello baby, and, and he does on the floor with baby and everything, and the mom is standing there. Really? So the girl I have given birth to has not taken my place. And when you go outside and you come back in, oh, baby darling, I bought this for you. And I'm sure wife is saying, and where is mine? And some men will, will say, are you, are you jealous with, of your own daughter? You're praying with your own daughter? I bought something for your own daughter? And you're, you don't understand. The cleaving is meant to be between you and me, not you and my, and my daughter. And that is where that's another problem. The cleaning is between the man, the wife, and the husband. Not husband and daughter or husband and son. Love them alright, but let these children know that your cleaving with mom or with dad is second to none. Hello? I am more closer. So when you bring that gift, oh, darling, or sweetheart, or honey, whatever words you use, sugar, cocoa, whatever words you use, you want to say, I bought this for you. Hey, daddy, my words, I was like, no, 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 that's just for mommy. Keep going. Uh, Daddy, you and mom, mm, you seem to like mommy too much. Yeah, mommy was there before you came. <laughs> you put that thing in their head. What are you doing? You are preparing them also that one day about leaving, they also know what to do to their wives or, the, or, or, or to their husbands. But when you cling so much to them and let mom suffer, you let mom feel the loneliness and the, and the loneliness you are teaching that son when you marry, do the same thing to a woman you've married. Mm -hmm. 
and you are allowing that problem of the world to continue. God have mercy. Amen. So marriage is not between you and the kids. So don't cleave to the children so much so that your wife, your husband is really struggling for attention. Cleave. 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 Now that I've come to understand this word, I say so much and I love it so Cleave. Hallelujah. Amen. Clean. If you're going to marry, your, mate, your, your aim is to clean to your spouse. Such that a rip is difficult to do. A tear is so difficult, you leave it the way it is. Scenario. I think it has a scenario. A husband travels for maybe two weeks and then comes back home. And when he comes back, now let me turn it the other way around so that it looks so strange but so true. The wife Robert, has a job and the job takes her around the world with many of her colleagues at the workplace both men and women, and they all dress smart, they all dress good. They, they always look sharp. And let's say you, husband, you're a mechanic. And you know how mechanics dress. Always in, but these guys are always in tie and nine, and they, they're always looking sharp. And you're always struggling with them. Now understand, that kind of play, that kind of si situation, the wife needs to make play her, her play her role very very wisely because that environment by itself if your husband is not very strong on the inside you're going to cause him so much trouble always making him jealous because of the nature of his job he can't wear a tie and white shirt to, to lie on the cars And then you go. Let's say your, your husband doesn't do car business, right? He does, he's a carpenter. Or maybe he, he, he repairs shoes by the wayside. He's a cobbler. Or he, he runs a shoe shop in a mall somewhere. Then you go two weeks and, you, and, then you, and then you come. Then when you come, the kids are running, hello, mommy, hello, mommy, and they all come to embrace you and more hello, mommy, oh, hello, kids, I love you, I miss you. I miss, I miss, I miss kids and you didn't all that with them and John is standing by by the side of the room he just standing there like that just standing there like that then after you tell all the hello hello with the, with the kids you go hello John hi good you okay uh, John did you were you able to take my car to the impression is it is my BMW fixed and then John goes, yeah, 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 I fixed it. Killing his soul. One, you've gone away, and when you came back, you didn't have a hand hand with all the children, and you left him away, and the only thing you can ask him is about your car. Goodness me. 
You see, God have mercy. So Keith, praise God. Keith. 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 Become so, you see, live so you can be joined to your husband or wife. Hello. Hmm. Also, cleaning. Someone said, let me put it this way. The cleaning is with who? The cleaning is with one wife and one husband, right? When you get married, it is to clean with one wife and to clean with one husband. Someone said, but what about those men who are married to many women? Hey, 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 stop right there. Did God ever tell anybody to marry two wives? Say, yeah, kids, but kids used to marry, but did God tell them? Listen to the story. God is ruling Israel. Israel comes to God and says, God, now we want a king like any, every other nation. And God says, you want a king? Samuel was very dis displeased. We want a king just like every other nation. Just like. So they wanted to be just like every other nation. And God says, are you sure this is this, this, this what you want? Because every other nation, those nations, the king takes the children to be their, the, the women to be their wives, as many as they want. Would you want, do you, do you want that? Whether the woman wants or not. When the king wants you as a wife, you have, you have to go. Remember the book of Esther? King wanted a wife, they assembled so many young ladies to go for the king to choose. And once you've gone in there, and the king has said, because for you, you become a concubine, you just left there. Sad story. I just left there. It will take some daring man who is ready to put his hand, the neck on the line, to come and try and, you know, date you or, or, or anything. Anyway, what am I saying here? Did never prom it is man who wanted to sow and it happened so. And when a man marries two or three women, it's called polygamy. But that's not God's idea. But there is another form of polygamy. It is called successive polygamy. That is successive polygamy. It's when you are not marrying too many women at the same time. But you are marrying too many women over a period. You with that one, and then you leave with that one, and then you leave with that one, and you leave with that one. So you are tearing and coming together, tearing and coming together, tearing and coming together. It's... No Christian...
Christian man or woman, or no, no, no Christian, no, no one, no man who's, who's, a, who's a Christian seeking to marry should entertain such ideas. That I'm married and it doesn't work out, I'll get moved to the next one. No, you are married to be glued, to cleave. Hello? You are married to cleave, not to, not to break off. So, when you cleave, cleave, when we follow God's principle, or God's, yeah, God's principle in cleaving, it does away with the issue of successive polygamy. Because you are cleave so much that you can't break. To, to break it means to really cause a rift. That is why divorce is never or should not be an option for us as Christians, as people in the kingdom of God. It should be an option because it always brings hurts. God have mercy. Hello? God have mercy. It causes hurts. Hmm. Cleave. The word cleave, as we use here, someone will want to call it by another, another name, love. But this love is not so much based upon emotions or physical attraction. So I will still maintain the word cleave, but it really means love. But this love is a love based upon a decision. That we, I am married to you and I am going nowhere. Until you come to that place that I am married to be, be, I am married to you and I am not going anywhere. Until you come to that place, cleaving would also be difficult to do. You must make up your mind, I am married to, so that's the reason why, if you, if you go to marry, open your eyes wide before you get in. Have two eyes like this. <laughs> and like I always tell people, have two eyes wide open. If you can have four, have four. But the moment you enter, close one. <laughs> the moment you enter, close one. What I mean a close one is that the things you see, embrace them. I've already okay. I've, I've already entered. And the, the principle is cleave. I was to become so attached. And you are to become my closest body. So now whatever, whatever I see is part of the package. No turning back. And once you come to that place, Joy sets in. So joy sets in, Pastor. When some things are nasty, do you know what? The reason some the, the reason we are full of sorrows and frustration is because we are afraid of boundaries. But boundaries bring joy. Why am I saying that? Once you know these are my boundaries, and you celebrate your boundary, you move freely in them. And when you go 
frustration, sorrow, guilt, and all that sets set in. But once you've created that boundary, I am in this marriage. And what are, and what are, the, what are the words? For better, for worse. I mean this. Once you keep yourself in like that, you begin to now enjoy every bit of your wife or your husband. Because now you know we are in this together. If there's a problem, we are solving it and then we're moving on. We're not saying, well, there's a problem, so I leave. No. You what? No. Cleave. Leave and cleave. Hallelujah. Leave and cleave. Cleave. Cleave is a mature form of love. It's a mature form of love because it is based on decision. That you know what? This is my husband. This is my wife. And that settles it. I'm settled here. If people have problems because they don't accept and they wish it will go away like a bad dream. Accept the boundaries, live in it, and enjoy it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, it is Genesis 2 verse 24, please, again. Someone is saying, I'm being beaten. Why should I stay? Why should I cleave? So and so is happening to me. I ask a question. How did you leave? Because the leaving is very important. The leaving. It's very important. The way the leaving is done affects the cleavage. You see, God is so wise, He says, leave. Cleave. When you've been able to leave, and you've been and, and you're able now to cleave, because after you've left, you must also cleave. And the cleave is you deliberately. Seek to become closest to your wife or husband than anything else on this earth. The only one who you both are closest to should be God, who's in your heart. But physical things, physical being, your husband or your wife. Not friends, not things, not <coughs> parents. This is God's marriage. Kingdom and marriage in God's kingdom. It's only after we have left clean can we do the third part of marriage. And they shall become one flesh. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we have looked at the legal aspect of marriage, which is the leaving, or the wedding, or the wedlock. And we have looked at the 
personal aspect of marriage, which is the cleaning, personal, between the two of them. Now we are looking at the physical aspect of the marriage. The physical aspect. Which is the one flesh. For some people, they think that some people think that the one flesh, the physical aspect of marriage, I'm talking about the physical aspect of marriage, where the husband and the wife come into union, physically become physically united. Right? The word we use for this is sex. Physically. For some people, this is just an extra on the marriage. It is a bonus. Actually, I've come to tell you, no, it is not a bonus. But actually, this is the main reason for the marriage. One flesh. Look at the text again. Look at the text. The reason why marriage is ordained or marriage is ordained is for what? You, the man and the boy, becoming one flesh. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and shall become, uh, sorry, and shall keep his wife and they shall become what? One flesh. The one flesh is the result of the leaving and the cleaving. Hello? It is the reason, the one flesh is the reason for the marriage. Mm. Hallelujah. Oh, some people are feeling very uncomfortable right now as I'm talking about this physical aspect of, of marriage because, uh, you know, things about the body, we don't talk about them. No, no, leave it, leave it, leave it. Yes, I'll leave it for you and have to talk about it. Oh, I can't even talk about the physical aspect of my body with my husband or with my wife. Why not? Hello? Why not? I'll leave that to you to do. Amen? Okay. Talking about the physical part of our bodies. Did you know that in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, the Bible says something about your body and my body. It says, what? A question, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost in you? 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. So the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hello? The body is what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. So is there anything about our body that is unholy? 
The Holy Spirit dwells in this body of ours. Hallelujah. So we say, you know, talk about our legs, talk about our hands, talk about our eyes, talk about our nose. This is our friends talk about. But some possible, but no, no, we don't talk about it. Taboo. You and your husband must be able to talk about them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And do not feel shy about it. Amen. Amen. So what am I saying? The coming together of the husband and the wife is a holy ceremony. Hello? Oh, I feel so filthy. I feel so yes. In the marriage, the husband and the wife coming together is a holy, it's called holy matrimony. It's a holy ceremony. But between a person who is not married and an unmarried or married person, it is impurity. God calls it sin. It's wrong. When you do that, it's what we call a stolen marriage. You're going to have trouble when you finally marry. Trouble. In a marriage, I know where the no trust is coming from. You stole the marriage before you had it. That's why the trust is not, it's not, it's not there. Oh, it's very, very plain. It's very, very simple. There's no magic about it. That's why it's important that though that if I'm preparing to marry, I can't, I, I can't remember my marriage counselor asked me. So, would you and your the wife to be Joyce? Would you like to speak together before you get married? And I said, Why should I? I asked that, that, that was my question. I asked him a question. He asked me a question. I asked my question, my question back. I said, Why should I? I'm going to marry her. So why the rush? That was my question to my marriage counselor. I said, Why should I rush? When I'm ready going to marry her. And when I'm married to her, you won't come to ask me this question, would you? So, so what a so rush. Uh, uh, we, we are having married cousin because we are going to marry. So why don't make it? To me, it didn't make sense. I didn't see any reason why there should be. Hello? Did I ever visit? Yes, I visited her. And one day I had to sleep in their home. Did they ever cross my mind? Oh, yeah, it didn't even, no, it didn't. I don't need it. I, I didn't go there. We, I, I, I went there. And I, I, I must, what else? Was it raining or, was it raining or something? Was it raining or something? I don't know what happened. Okay, I think I, think, I, think I stayed. It wasn't raining. I think I, I just stayed for two. Sorry, I stayed too long. I wasn't, I wasn't driving. I stayed too long. And there was no bus to bring me back to East London. So I had to stay there. And was I thinking about, ah, you're on my mind. I'm going to marry you, so why should I? There was no point. Hello? 
So, so God ordained becoming one with your spouse for marriage. But, let me say this. The physical union, the one, sorry, the, the one flesh is more than physical union. And that is what I want to drive towards. But it includes it, I have to mention it. But the one flesh with your husband or with your wife is more than mere physical union. The physical union is needed. If there's time, I'll continue. But it, that is not all. Praise God. Hallelujah. The one flesh means that two persons share their bodies, materials, possessions, thinking, feelings, fears, successes, failures. To become one flesh means you are one flesh in body, soul, and spirit. That is why I said, the one flesh is the purpose of the marriage. Genesis, Genesis 2 verse 24, please. That is why God said, leave, cleave, then you become one flesh. Because the one flesh is the purpose of the marriage. It is the reason for the marriage that you and your husband, you become one in body, one in soul, one in spirit. Your thinking is one. Your feelings mutual. Successes, you share them. Failures, you share them. Everything, you are one in everything. That is the goal of marriage. It's only when you've left, only when you've cleaved, 
then the one flesh becomes a possibility. And you live as one. And you walk as one. There are issues, you talk about them as one body. Praise God. Okay. Do you know I need to do this, but I can't continue in the same spirit, in the same vein. So I'm going to ask us, I think there's something to refresh our throat or something. Let's have it. And then I'll take 20 minutes more of your of your of your time and wrap things up. Are we okay with that? Yes. So 20 minutes. So let's have something. We come back 20 minutes, I'll wrap things up. Because I've talked about the, the, the three main things, right? I've mentioned the three main things. That it is leaving, cleaving, then the one flesh becomes a possibility. Okay? The one flesh in, includes the physical union, but that is not, that is just one aspect of it. It is for your body, soul, spirit to become one. But it's only possible when you've left and you're you cleaving, then the one flesh becomes a possibility. When you are one with husband and one with wife in your thinking in your understanding in the way you do things so body soul spirit you're one connected that is what god wants to see on earth that is why marriage is the only thing that god used to represent himself and the and the church so marriage is an awesome institution here on this earth the only means by which two people Becomes one, unity, strong and powerful, and that's what God wants to see on this earth. I'll continue after the break. So about five minutes break. Praise God. So we come to round two, and this round two is going to be very, very brief and short. I hope we keep it very short and brief because we've got service tomorrow. Now the first thing I want to say in round two. I want to read our text again, and then I'll show you a slide. The text reads, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we have leaving, Cleaving and becoming one flesh. Now, I would like to state here that these three parts, they are inseparable. That is, you cannot take one out and expect the marriage to work or to be complete. For the marriage to be complete, there must be a leaving, the legal or the public aspect of the marriage, there must be the cleaving, the personal aspect of the marriage, and then there must be the one flesh 
the husband and the wife becoming one in body, soul, and spirit. That you are one together with each other. That is why some people, some people talk about friendship in marriage. He is, he is supposed to become your number one. That's what we say, sweetheart. Honey. Tomato. You know, whatever word he is. Whatever word he is. Sorry. But, now, I want to show you a picture. This is how the three things work. Look at this table for me, if you please. This table, praise the Lord, is a table with three. Is a table with three, with three legs. Oh, that's, the the light is so bright we can't see the. Can you see them? Yes. We have. It is a three-leg table. Leave, key. One flesh. Now let me ask a question. If one of these legs is broken, would a table stand? No. no. That is how these three parts that God in his wisdom gives for us to follow is so important that you cannot ignore one aspect of the marriage you cannot ignore one aspect of this thing that God puts in, in marriage or for the marriage to be complete and still, and still have a joyful and a, a wonderful marriage. It's impossible. There must be a, the leaving, the public or the legal aspect of your marriage. It must be there. And there must be the cleaving aspect of your marriage. Then the, then, then, then the one flesh. These three parts is what makes marriage in the kingdom complete or make marriage in the kingdom of God. And we, our, our goal is to make sure that we have all these three parts working. But these definitely, as you would have noticed by now, are not automatic. And that's the reason why it requires consistent working on because there are some marriages where they have, they have left. I'm really tempted to say there is cleaving, but there's no one flesh. But it's difficult to say. Because when there's cleaving, automatically the one flesh becomes a possibility. It's challenging, but you cannot have one without the other. All three must be. Praise God. Amen. Now let's ask you a question. Please still keep this three phase in your mind in your in your mind. I want you I want you to come with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, please. Genesis 2 24. And now I want you to tell me the last thing you see in the text. Sorry? One flesh. The last thing you see. Everybody, please join in. Tell me the last thing you see in that text. Flesh. No. No. Sorry. Full stop. Thank you. Full stop. 
The last thing we see in this text is a full stop, not a comma. Not a column, nothing to explain. Full stop. Now, the, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cling to his wife and become one flesh. Full stop. That is it. That is the focal or the reason for the marriage. One flesh. That you become one with someone. That is the goal of the marriage. Now the next question. This quotation of this text here is quoted in Matthew 19 verse 5, Mark 10 verse 7 to 8, Ephesians 5 31. That means Matthew 19 verse 5, Mark 10 78, and Ephesians 5 31. That is four times we have this text in scripture. In none of them are children mentioned. That the purpose of the marriage is what? One flesh. Not children. Please hear and let's hear me clearly. The purpose of the marriage is the one flesh. Becoming one flesh with your husband or with your wife, not children. Children is not the purpose of the marriage. The reason I'm stressing this is because in some cultures, when there are, when there are no children coming out of the marriage, wow, the marriage was not fruitful. So let's stop it. Go for an another one. Go and get another wife. Because, yes, children are a blessing. Psalm 127, children are a blessing. A bonus that comes out. That's why I said that some, in some marriages, you have the woman becoming pregnant after, after nine months. Yes. But it's, it does not mean that every marriage will have children in it. No, because that is not the goal of the marriage. The goal of the marriage is you and your spouse becoming one flesh. That body, soul, and spirit, you are like one in your thinking. You share your failures. You share your successes. When you've got some problems and you are, you are, hiding, out, you are hiding it away from your wife or your, or, your, or your husband, that is not one flesh. But... You share everything together, the innermost things, intricate things. That is marriage. You share everything together. That is marriage. Every secret. Before the world hears it, your husband knows it. Your wife knows it. Have you heard that your wife went here? Yeah, I know. So what? You know, your wife, your husband said, yes, I know. He's already told me himself. I know about it. Hello. So as much as children are a blessing in a, in a marriage, it is not a goal. 
marriage. And let's be very clear about that. So that when people marry, they can enjoy and fulfill God's will for their marriage to become one flesh on this earth. That is what God is looking for. You see, and that brings me to an aspect of marriage I want to compare with God's idea of marriage. Clean, leave, become one flesh. Right? I want to compare it with something called death. So, what I've, what I've just described from the Bible, we will call it a triangle concept of marriage. Can I have that thing predicted, please, one, once again for me? Th thank you very much. I will, we, will, we, will, we will call this the triangle concept of marriage. Right? Leave, cleave, become one flesh. There is something called the garden concept of marriage. Garden. Hello? Garden. G-A-R-D-E-N. Garden concept of marriage. And I'll quickly want to run through this and then I'll be done. Now, in the garden, the garden concept of, of marriage is based on wrong biology. The biology of the garden concept of marriage is wrong. And we need to spell it out. It starts, it's, 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 it means, someone wrote about it since 1960. So it's been there for a very long time. From the ancient country, I mean, from China and 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 um, the, those other Asian uh, countries, in the garden concept, the man is called the sower, and the wife is the garden. Okay, so the man sows his seed in the garden. And the children that comes out of the garden don't belong to a garden, but they go. You know, when you sow your seed in the, when you sow your crops in the garden, and the crops come up, who does the crops belong to? The one who sowed the seed, isn't it? Yes. So that's the logic of the garden con 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 concept. So all the children belong to the man. The woman has no right to the children. She's only a garden. All she does is just bring up the children, and that's it. So when the marriage is over, which they often do, the man takes the children and the woman goes away. If your husband dies, they take the children from, from, from you and you're on your own. So, in the garden concept of marriage, men are more important than women. Hello? Why? Because by nature, a garden cannot bring forth fruit unless someone sows a seed. So in the garden concept, the one who's sowing the, the seed is the most important person. So if you're a woman in the garden concept, you're not really important. You're just a garden. You see how it contradicts? You see, you see how it doesn't, the Bible way, it contradicts the Bible way? 
When God says, man, leave, click to your wife, become one flesh, the God of God no, say, no, 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 no. The womb, the man is more important, but he sold the seed. And that's the reason why there is discrimination between the marriage. And some men, although they're not from China, not from any part of, 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 of Asia, they practice this concept. I'm the most important in the marriage. And you are not. You're only a woman. But that concept is wrong. It's not God's way or God's idea of marriage. Number two. Sons are more important than daughters in the garden concept of, of marriage. You give birth to a son, you give birth to a human being. Give birth to a, a daughter, hmm, only God knows what you give birth to. So there's discrimination against the girls. So it starts right from there. And again, and then it enters the next marriage. That is why some men. When they, when they, when you, when the woman give them, when the woman give them to to girls, they become very unhappy, and they look for a, another woman who will give them a boy, because they want someone who will inherit them. But in the Bible, in Numbers twenty-seven, we hear about the daughters of Zilpah. That God made it very clear that daughters can also have inheritance. And daughters can do what a man can also do. Some people give the idea that God is against the female gender. Then why did he create it? Or just for the enjoyment of man. No, wrong. It was for the man and the woman to become one flesh. Because both of them is not good for them for both of them to be alone. Amen? Amen. So some people frown when they have all girls, five girls, four girls, and they go, what am I going to do with girls? All girls. And they find every means possible to break away from their marriage because they've all got, they've all, they've got all of it. And then they put a blame on the woman. And you see why I said the garden concept is based on a wrong biology. They tell, yeah, I'm giving you seed and they're giving me, and they're giving me girls. What's wrong with you? But they don't understand that actually male or female, according to biology, it depends on a man. So it's wrong biology. God have mercy. So the man is considered the possessor. And the woman is considered a Possession. So the man is possessor. He owns the wife. And the wife is just one of the things that he owns. Wrong. Therefore, said the man leave his father and mother. Cleave to his wife. Take it from his side. Time will not permit me to talk about that. So let me just leave it. And become one flesh. So, in this possessor, possession mentality, the wife is only an incubator. All she does is just take the seed and bring up children, and then that's it. 
So, the idea is that because a man is the possessor, he chooses the garden that he wants. So if he chooses you as a garden, and you don't give him a child, or don't give him the male that he wants, then he chooses another garden. You see how it does not agree with God's idea of marriage? Also, the woman's, I've got eight points to give you on this. The woman's destiny is determined in the marriage. Watch this. Listen again. The woman's destiny is determined in the marriage. Wrong. The destiny, the woman's destiny is not determined in the marriage, but in the garden concept. If the woman does not bring forth children, she has failed in the marriage. Not only that, her destiny, she, has, she, she is worthless. Because her, all, her whole reason for being, for being on planet Earth is to be married by a possessor, is to, become, is, to be, is to be possessed by somebody and bring forth children. In the garden concept, that is the mindset about the woman. And unfortunately, some people buy this idea and they enter marriage with that same idea. But we need to throw it away. So the woman So this has caused you see, it has caused many women to become adulteresses. Why? Because they couldn't bring for children and the husband sent them away. They feel so they feel so worthless because that's the kind of mentality that has been put into the, in their in their minds. That your destiny is in the marriage. So since I'm useless, I might as well just do whatever because no one is going to marry you. You can't give birth. So the best you can do is just give yourself to anybody who comes around. It's very dangerous. So the, the man can let the woman divorce the woman but in God's concept of marriage, divorce is outside. It's not possible. It's not permitted. Because you are so glued, any tearing rips everything apart and destroys them to both of you. But in the garden concept, the woman uh, just go away. The woman feels in her destiny. And sometimes when the woman cannot bring forth, do you know what a man do in the what the garden concept does? They go back, the man goes back after marrying the woman for let's say five years. If there are no children, he goes back to the family of the woman and says, I want back my bride price. Do you know why they ask for it? Because the bride price was not for the woman. The bride price was given with the understanding that the woman will bring for children. If she doesn't, I want my money back. So that I can go and get a different another another garden. God have mercy. So he puts all the blame on the woman. And you see, if you are an unmarried girl, you're not married, you are just a filled. 
right? You are getting a, a film that can bear fruit. That's all that, that, you, that you are. No respect. But if you are a man who's not married yet, you are a landowner who has not purchased a garden yet. Li li listen to it carefully. If you are a man who is not married, you are a garden owner. Just that you haven't bought it yet. But if you are a, if you are a young woman who is not married, you are simply a field that someone has to get. Which is really wrong. That means that the man can do whatever he likes. And if the woman is ever caught in adultery, big trouble. When the man is caught in, when the, the man caught in, in adultery, no, 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 no. Now, the man is never caught in adultery because he's a possessor. He can sow his food in, his, in any food that he wants. But if you are filled, how can you allow other seeds to, to come into you? You've done the man big wrong. God have mercy. I use this one just to compare God's idea of marriage to man's idea of marriage. It's corrupt. It dehumanizes and it bullies one aspect of God's creation. The best for mankind is God's idea of marriage. That we leave, clean, and become one flesh. And the goal of the marriage is for the husband and the wife to become one flesh. That is the goal. If I can say it a thousand times, I would say the goal of the marriage is not children. But let me ask you before, before, before I go. So where do children fit in the marriage? Can anybody help answer that question? Where do children, children fit in the marriage? In the marriage, where do children, children fit? Sorry? Leave. Sorry? Leave. Leave? Yeah. The leaving is for the husband and the, uh, for the man and the woman to leave. So, so what, 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 what do they fit? Children born. Ch children. What do, they, what do they fit in the marriage? In the one flesh. On that leg. Okay. In the center. In the center. In the center, of course. In the center, of course. The children's place in the marriage is in the center of a triangle. So they are the children are bounded in the legal aspect of the marriage. They are bounded by the key, which is the love. And they are also bounded by the one flesh of the parents. It is in this environment that 
children are to be raised in the center of the marriage. The children are to be raised in the middle of this. No wonder there is chaos. No wonder there is fighting and quarreling and bitterness and fighting. No. So the marriage must be legal. It must be bonded by love and one flesh. It is only in this environment that we raise, that we raise healthy children who grow up responsible and thrive in society. The reason why most children are turned out the way they are is because when we neglect this free parts of, of our marriages, that is when the children become something else. They are not really in the center of the marriage covering. A marriage bound by love is clean and the marriage bound by where the husband and wife are one. But where mother and father say different things to the children. I can go to mom for one thing and I can go to dad for one thing because the children know that you are not together. You are divided. The children grow up in that environment as mischievous children. They can play you out, but when they know that mother and father are one, they keep it together. They find a place, a safe place to grow up. Hallelujah. Amen. I would like to end here today. There is more, but I would like to end here right now. So I was going to talk about how the marriage is maintained, but I will leave it here. But I must say that leaving, then leave. When you finally leave, you see, the one flesh and the cleaving strengthens the leaving. The leaving and the one flesh strengthens the cleaving, the, the love. And the leaving and the cleaving strengthens the one flesh. They're all connected. In the physical union, the husband or the wife feels safe because it is legal and there's love. In the leaving, I'm left and my husband loves me and we are one flesh. It keeps the leaving stronger. I am one with my husband. He loves me and legally we have left. We are one unit. So every part of it strengthens the other. So they interact. We cannot leave one and be successful in God's idea of marriage. All three parts are required. I submit to you for us to have success and in our marriages in God's kingdom we must leave cleave so we can become one flesh to the glory of the living God. Amen. 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 God bless you. The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, 
When it comes up from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful, 